off. Nerds Amalgamated, episode 145. Wait, why do I have to yawn right when I start recording? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, the silence <laughs> begins. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Nerds Amalgamated. I'm the professor and my co-host is the DJ. And we have our guest, Devi Boy, back. Ah, uh, no, 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 sorry. Uh, I'll change my name to Shitty Microphone. Ah. <laughs> Shitty Microphone. <laughs> So he has finally earned his forgiveness and been allowed to return. Oh, I thank you. I have returned. I have returned from the depths of uni hell. How was it like? A tip. Don't. (laughs) The trauma's too fresh. Don't bring it up. (laughs) Flashback, PTSD, non-flashback. So how are you going, DJ? I've been good. I've been good. I've been... Seeing some interesting news up ahead, uh, such as the console releases. Wow, so many console releases. It's that week, eh? I mean, especially fun searching the subreddits right now on uh, <laughs> Reddit. It's like, my PS5's broken, it won't turn on. It's like, <laughs> you poor soul, you spent like a thousand, half a thousand dollars on this thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's always the same for every console launch, but it's still, it's like, why I don't buy a console in the first week, unfortunately. <laughs> How long has it been since a first-gen um, console has actually functioned out of the gate? Because um, uh, the, the, the 360 PS2? had uh, red ring. The PS... Uh, was it yeah, the PS4 had yellow ring? It would be the PS2, wouldn't it? Or the Sega Dream... Or Sega Dream. Or, uh, actually, original Xbox. That had no issues. So yeah, PS2, original Xbox. So early 2000s, probably. But, I mean... You can also make it a case the fact was the internet was so young that issues of console problems just got buried. Actually, People just caught the support line. The um, original Xbox did have issues. Oh, crap. So, yeah, okay. It could have, uh, it could catch fire. And they did a recall <laughs> where instead of actually taking the consoles back, they issued a power cord with a fuse in it. Well, uh, moving along, that's, uh, that's one way to burn down your house. <laughs> hey, hey, mama just got this new console. It's called the X. Bone, it's so f- much fun. Let me plug it in for you. Oh shit, it's on fire. Uh, oh no. <laughs> yeah, and you know, at least it's not called the X Bone anymore. But <laughs> Series X is not a better name. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, I, 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 we're going to talk about some more today because we want to do, we're doing a deep dive into the release of the consoles this week. But I have ranted many times before on this podcast and in real life about the naming conventions Microsoft has gone with as a gives me tr- it triggers me put it simply <laughs> it's why yeah hi guys it's not great all right no. stop it i'm gonna do it once once again original xbox is it's called the xbox sure okay using like one of the last letters in the outfit but fair enough it's edgy uh xbox 360 okay uh, does it swing is it a fan i don't know it's xbox 360 fair enough okay xbox one uh excuse uh, no no not the original xbox it's the Xbox One. Okay, okay, fair enough. Xbox One S. Uh, okay, so it's not the original Xbox. It's memory. It's the third generation Xbox, but it's called the S series now, right? Just make, make sure you turn. So what's the new generation going to be called? Oh, it's the Xbox Series X. Not to be confused with the Xbox One S or the original Xbox. So just keep that in mind. It's Xbox Series. And that's not to be also Xbox Series X, which is the smaller version of Xbox. No, hang on, wait. No. The X is the more powerful one. Oh, well, there you go. See, I am very stuffing this up. Thanks, guys. <laughs> there we go. We couldn't get five minutes into the podcast, and we already got it messed up. <laughs> How's Sony doing? PS One, 
PS2. Because this feels pretty cool on PS3, PS4, PS5. What's what's the non-disc drive version? Oh, it's just called PS5 Slim. Oh, what? Really? Oh, PS5 no disc? E- I like these name conventions. It's easy. How difficult. Yes, um, Nintendo's not uh, not too much better, though. <laughs> True. Yeah. You're not wrong. The NES, the SNES, which is an understandable upgrade. The 64, the... Um, no. Sorry, I got a better, better, better one. The Niten- Nintendo 3DS XLI. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> Nintendo 3DS XLI new, now with Dante for the Tell My Crisis. <laughs> Yeah, actually, I was looking at them recently because um, the 3DS line was finally completely discontinued not too long ago. And it's like pre-owned new 3DS. (laughs) (laughs) But can anyone count as well as Microsoft? We've got uh, MS-DOS through to version 6, Windows through to version 3.1, 95, 98... 98 Service Pack 2, oh no, second edition, something like that. Um, 2000 and ME, which were two different things, even though they both came out in the same year. The XP, Vista, 7, 8, 8.1, 10. <laughs> and don't forget Bob. <laughs> oh, Bob. Oh, how could I forget that one? Microsoft Bob was just a skin on, uh, I think it was 95. Yeah, but, something um, like that. I then, still like to count it as a number. I like the ones where you had like Microsoft Office, Microsoft Office, you know, Millennium Edition, Microsoft Office 360. Okay, I guess it makes sense. Like 365 days a year, time times or Xbox days have Microsoft Office again. Just like, hey guys, try and work out some naming adventure, please. And then you had the Zoom line. <laughs> hey guys, what should I compare it to the Apple iPod? Let's call it the Zoom, and then we'll call it. The Zoom HD, and it will caught when you share music between people called squirting. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a little, it's a little Uber, don't you think? No, nah, we're gonna call it squirting, man. You can go and squirt some music to your friends. <laughs> the marketing there, team to the tech. And then there was what was the other one? Uh, Microsoft Teams, which is like, <laughs> oh, that's actually that's not that's not too bad, on man. I mean, yeah, that does what it says on the tin. It's four teams in a team. Inside office, so actually, that's actually not bad. Thought, uh, actually, no one popped my mind, but then just simply jumped out of my mind the second I thought of it. <laughs> but with the with the Xbox, like uh, I think that why why are they doing all these like Series X and Xbox One and all this? I think they're trying to like c- capture the nostalgia, bring in the hardcore Xbox fans. You but, know, you like the nostalgia for what? Yes, that's my thoughts. Um, you know, this it's the X, the X, the X is always the thing. Like X is. I don't our... want to think about my X. <laughs> <laughs> Not your X. <laughs> I mean, as in the X, the letter. <laughs> Although, if you think about it, an Xbox sounds really dark. <laughs> I mean, you think about the original Xbox, and it's like main screen, all the sounds it'll do. You know, it's like I mean, the whole reason it's meant to be like. How do we how do we make the Xbox so it's edgy and we want to make it sound like the future? All right, we'll put it like an alien skin on, and then we'll just like get some creepy transitions to make all the kids like shit themselves at night when they hear it. It's done. Okay, the future technology at its finest. <laughs> just especially when you consider it's all Apollo transmission. Like what, guys? Microsoft can't. I know you guys making fun of the development room, but just calm down a second. <laughs> so, what do you think of the size of them, though? All right, that's a good one, yeah. All right, um, 
the new Xbox. Okay, Xbox Series X looks like a house brick or a fridge, which I know Microsoft. Yes, yes, funny. Huh, you made a fridge out of it. Got those haters, woo. I mean, honestly, <laughs> good on them, good on the marketing team for that idea. That was a really cool. Um, the uh, Xbox Series X sitting out. The Xbox <laughs> Series S. Actually, I kind of like it. It's very small. It's very compact. Uh, I kind of like it. Well, I'm I wouldn't not a get big that. fan of the. Uh, oh no, I'm not a big fan of the fan grill. One which one though? The the big black circular one. Oh yeah, yeah, no, no, I agree. I think it's just big and ugly. On like the rest of the box is a nice smooth white, and then there's a big black circle. It's 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 very. <laughs> I it's eye grabbing. It looks like <laughs> it looks like a speaker to me, so I kind of yeah. like it. But when I first saw it, uh, before I realized that the Series S didn't have the S doesn't have a CD drive, does it? Mm. The the slim one, which is the white one, no. Yeah. Yeah, I, when I first saw it, I thought that the uh, black circle would be the uh, disc cover and it mm-hmm. would pop up a bit like the original PlayStation. Yeah. But, oh, I see it now. Sorry, man. Not this time. <laughs> and then um, and then the PS5 just like says, hello there, kids. <laughs> giant yeah, hello they're all there. very big this time. I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah. Although I find it funny how uh, recently some people were trying to use the um, Xbox Series X as a bong. <laughs> yeah, those uh, fire videos that possibly are people blowing their vapes into it. <laughs> but why? Why? Who knows? Who it knows? started off with um, there was one video claiming to be an actual fire in the console. What? And then, yeah, so there was a, a picture of a smoke coming out. Oh, oh, I see. Some of the Xbox touch fire. All right. Yeah. So uh, then uh, I don't remember who it was, but a um, website put out a video of them blowing their vapes into the. Oh my god! Uh, yeah. So they're blowing their vape into the Xbox to emulate the um, the smoke effect. <laughs> oh, we've got them now, boys. Microsoft's <laughs> going to be dead by tomorrow. Oh, look! All that smoke coming out. Not good. Yeah. So the original guy is still saying that he reckons um, it's an actual issue and he's trying to get onto Microsoft for a replacement. But um, yeah, we'll have to see how it shakes out, whether there's actually an issue with the um, with the Xbox, which I could believe it does get rather warm in there. That is it indeed. Well, that's why my, um, Sony's answer for PS5 is just having just, – just make it literally a, a giant wall, put, fill the thing with heat sinks. Yeah. Problem solved. Yeah, consoles are suffering at the moment because um, you can't pack that much uh, power in without compromising somewhere, and they've chosen oh, to compromise on heat dissipation. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm going to wait a couple of years until they bring some models out, which they will. They will. Yeah. Like, I love the new PS5. I like the look of it, but it's too expensive right now, and it's too much of a high chance that you're going to get one that's broken because, obviously, it's always like that on the console's first release. There's always things to iron out. And then lead a couple of years, price will come down, and there'll be better games out. There'll be, you know, it's just like when the current, the generation we just, just left today. That's weird to say. We just left the generation. What generation was this? What were we in? Uh, like six. six? Well, I think it's more than that. What is the current generation? I think it's like, oh, not generation of people, not baby boomers, oh, yeah. games. Eighth generation. Yeah, okay. Okay, well, so we're getting close. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. No, no, so that... So we're going into the ninth generation. Although, 
In wow. fact, looking at the Wikipedia list for generations, generation one is 72 to 84. Generation two is 76 to 92. So it's a pretty big span for a, uh, a generation, I reckon. Yeah. But I was about to say, it's like basically when these, when Generation 8 came out, right? Yeah, for a whole like first year and a half, pretty much the, P- the, the PS4 and the Xbox One were just dead bricks. Like, yeah. This was a joke back when Machinima was a thing. They made a video where it was like, hey guys, like a new $500 brick, you build a house out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Curious uh, with the PS5, have you guys seen that um, teardown that came out a month ago? Where it's just literally, hey guys, it's just he sinks in here. Here's the yeah. board. Oh, yes, beautiful board. Lovely. Yeah, sorry, why? Yeah, it looks cool. I mean, it looks cool, though, like seeing all the um, seeing all the stuff that was put into that console to oh, make yeah, it no. that huge. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my favorite thing about the PS5 is the fact that the faceplates are detachable, and you know that there's going to be some, like, custom faceplates coming out. Like, it's it's such a simple design to detach them, and so it's going to happen. I heard they're not going to do that, though. <laughs> what? Why? Uh, I think it's something to do with copyright and stuff. Huh? Really? I thought that was yeah. something that they'd already uh, planned out. Yes, Wait, wasn't it on the Xbox that was getting faceplates? I mean, it no, doesn't... I'm, thinking, I'm having a complete brain fart. I'm thinking of the free. I mean, there's already custom PS5 faceplates coming up by third, part- third parties already. Yeah. yeah. Even if Sony doesn't do it, someone else will. Yeah. They're cracking... Yeah, so this happened uh, a week ago. So Sony has cracked down on third-party customization brand as the hardware manufacturer... Ex- that the creation of the face, uh, PlayStation 5 faceplates are part of PS5's intellectual property. Oh, you got to be. Well, I'm going to move to Xbox now. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest. I am, I'm quite lately, lately pretty much pretty over Sony's crap, to put it simply. Like, okay, Microsoft and them are being a lot nicer with, uh, apart from buying all Bethesda, which is good on them for that move, honestly. They need to have something yeah. to co- combat. And they're not, um, they're not pulling games from PlayStation. No. So all the games that were promised to come out on PlayStation are still going to come out on PlayStation. Yeah. And they're like Unlike they're t- when Epic bought games off Steam literally yeah, weeks before they came out. But it's like, you know, they're, they're, Microsoft's being, they're playing nice with Nintendo, you know. Not really they've ever been much with competitors, but, you know, they're playing nice. They're, they're doing, you know, they're exchanging yeah. Smash Bros. character stuff. They're starting just like, no, no crossplay. No, no, we are PS5. We are best. It's like, you know, just like, guys, every other part of your business is a failure. Cameras, meh. People buy them, but not many anymore. Movies, eh. You know, you could get game consoles, I think, keeps you afloat now. And I'm like, he's such well, asshole. It's that and Spider-Man. <laughs> and Sp- oh, yes, yes. Hit ready for the sixth Spider-Man reboot, guys? Yeah. Because they were smart enough not to sell um, Spider-Man back to Marvel, they just lease it. Mm-hmm. Would you guys ever? Would you guys ever um, buy it? Buy the consoles like, and just just for the aesthetics, or just just and the performance, or would you just go like, nah? Uh, I don't know. Maybe not. I mean, I, honestly, probably what happened is I'm going to buy. I don't, I don't personally own a PS4 or an Xbox One or any any version. Uh, my uh, my brother does, but I don't. I have a lot of older consoles like PS3s and stuff because they're really, really cheap. So probably now the new console's out, the PS4 and Xbox One, their prices just going to plummet. So most likely, I'm just going to buy one of the older consoles and just wait quite a few years until the price of these ones comes down because uh, it's, it's fun seeing new technology. And the best thing about new console generation means that PC games are going to get better. 
because it's always um, developers have to limit the games to make sure they can run on the console. So they can't always push as far forward as they want. But now, because obviously as new generations out, they can once again up the quality of PC titles, um, the release PC titles, I should say, so because it'll be fine for all uh, the consoles and the PC. Yeah, I don't think I'll get either of them. I'm mm. still a PC guy at heart. And <laughs> any exclusive on the PlayStation that I might want to play is on PS Now. Mm. So I've been planning on one day actually um, getting a PS Now subscription and playing some of those exclusives. Makes sense. Makes but sense. then some of them are coming to PC anyway. Like uh, Red Dead 2 um, came out a year later, I think. Death Stranding came out on PC. Yeah, but here's the problem, though. When, it com- when games go to PC ports, though, it's it's hit and miss. Like, I remember when um, Batman Arkham Asylum... Was it Arkham Asylum? No, not Arkham Asylum. Arkham, Arkham City. I yeah, think. Arkham City came out. Or was it, no, Arkham Knight? Yeah, yeah, Arkham Knight. And, man, that was a... That was terrible to the point yeah. where they said, like, nah, we're going we're gonna to discontinue it. Yep. So it's hit and miss, though. So, yeah, I mean, same for any game, really. Yeah. And that's the, that's the weird thing. Like, I think in the last, like, five years, it's really flipped on its head. If you think about it, like, okay, the generation we just left, number eight, at the start of it, it was Microsoft's the bad guys, Sony was the good guys, right? Because Microsoft, what, you know, Xbox One was going to be. Who cares about video games? Sports, guys. You like sports? And then... <laughs> you like um, uh, DRM? <laughs> mm, would you like to have a connect connected to your screen the whole time? Oh, we won't spy on you, I promise. But it must be plugged in for it to turn on. <laughs> Do you like our patent that says that we can charge you individually if you watch a movie so that every person in your room has to pay to see the movie on your Xbox? Oh, we can... And don't worry, you can't get around the system. We can see you. Don't worry, we're not going to do it, but we've got the patterns for it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then Sony was like, "Hey guys, this is how you trade a game." Oh yeah, no game trading, guys. You got to pay for every time you buy, want to trade a game for someone. Got to pay for uh, it. I love that the uh, E3 um, presentation for Sony was basically just uh, taking hey, a guys. dig at Microsoft. <laughs> yes, and then now it slipped around, and Microsoft and now sees the better guys, and Sony's been just going backwards and a lot of their policies and stuff it's just like what is going on just curiously have you guys read the um the specs for the both of these consoles by the way yeah i mean they're both pretty much the same for the most part like ps5 is slightly more powerful but like when it comes down to it is it the um xbox uh both xbox series consoles have a higher base clock yeah Someone said someone some nice soul gave us a good uh, list of all the specs and whatnot, so you can have a good read. It's uh from Gaming Simplified. But yeah, some very interesting um details have been written in this one. Although I will say this, I was tempted to buy the PS5, but because of the backwards compatibility. But that thanks to PlayStation going, no, nah, we're not going to do backwards compatibility to all the all the old games. We're going to just do it to PS4, and I was like, nah, that's it. I'm not I'm not buying it. Well, how many generations back did the PS uh, four go? It didn't. It didn't go any, did it? Didn't it? I don't think PS four had any backwards compatibility. No, it was only to a select few games, if I recall. Second, I didn't even realize. Yeah, I mean, that's a good thing having the backwards kind of compatibility. Like the thing is, like for me, it doesn't work because I already own the consoles that those games are from. So it's like, uh. I've still got a PlayStation 1 under my bed that are going to get hooked up. 
Nice. I might. I've been looking into um, preservation at the, recently because I've got an original Xbox and a PlayStation One, and the original Xbox has a capacitor that likes to spew acid all yeah, over everything. Yeah, so I've uh, okay. removed it, cleaned up the little bit of leakage. Mm-hmm. Luckily, nothing significant, and uh, basically rebuilt the system with uh, a bunch of stuff done to preserve it. And yeah. then I went and. Uh, cracked it because with the original xbox if the cd drive fails you can't replace it so you want to have a crack on it before it fails otherwise even if you own the game there's no way for you to play the game (laughs) what a nice brick yeah (laughs) so uh, i've made sure i've done that and um it'll be ready for if i ever and installed a a new hard drive as well so it's ready for if i Mm. ever like if it ever dies on me i can Get it going again. Mm. Uh, so I'm looking for preservation tips for the PlayStation 1. Doesn't seem to be anything significant, except yeah. maybe a mod chip in case the CD drive fails. Yeah, I recommend just a mod chip, and that's about it. Like, this, I think if all these old consoles eventually be so broken, you can't really get it working. Um, so it's like the whole thing where... It's probably with games. I like movies where you have film, and film basically keeps forever as long as it's in the correct environment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Consoles. Except work. the really old stuff that likes to catch fire randomly. Well, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a different story. That's kind of it's kind of a safety hazard thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you say the same with cons- these old consoles as well. Oops, the transformer just exploded. <laughs> yeah, the other thing is though, um, I think it's going to be easier to preserve games from uh, ninth gen consoles because they are just x eighty six computers. True. They're running, it's a custom AMD chip in both of them, but it's not that different from an actual PC. Yeah. That's so, the thing. Um, yeah, I think it'll be easier to preserve games on these consoles. Actually, no, I'm going to say the opposite. I think, yeah, you can preserve it, but at the same time, with everything basically going to, moving more and more to be 100% online, you know, 100% always connected to servers. Ah, uh, yeah. Once the servers are gone, like most games now have to get some server and stuff. Once the servers are gone, sorry, lovely, lovely little executable we got there. Would you like to go to the loading screen? Yeah. Oh, what a fun game this is. Even then, the, a lot of uh, single player games have online features. Like uh, Shadow of Mordor has a feature where enemies that you fight can appear in other players' games. No. Oh. Uh, def- yeah, so. Uh, Shadow of Mordor has, we talked about it last week, it's shutting down soon, but it has a um, the Nemesis system, which basically uh, enemy characters form a proper hierarchy and you need to fight weaker enemies to get information on the like on that boss and work your way up. I'd actually really like to see a um, gang-themed game where you're maybe a cop trying to take down a gang and it works through the Nemesis system. But um, yeah, characters that you fight learn from you and you can run into them later on. And that that stuff can transfer across to your friends' games. So they might fight the same boss that you did. Um, Death Stranding is built entirely around that. It's a single-player game. I'm pretty sure you could complete the whole game without taking advantage of another player's uh, constructions, Mm -hmm. but it would make it a hell of a lot harder. Mm, That's true. Can you imagine the Yakuza series with that with that system? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking. <laughs> so, yeah, a lot of single-player games have online features, even if they don't directly affect the gameplay. Luckily, with uh, Shadow of Mordor, they're going to patch it out. So hopefully oh, there's... Not... Yeah. Really? Well, that's a first. Like, isn't it made by... um? Isn't it like... Who, who's the person? Uh, 
Oops. Warner Brothers, but um, yeah, I don't like, remember which dev. What? Yeah, I'm sorry. Right. I don't really think. Uh, you know, Warner Brothers, I wouldn't know they would do that, but fair enough, considering how greedy they were when it first came out. So it was yeah, by. So, it, it was by. By the way, it was by uh, Monolithic <laughs> Monolithic Productions. Monolithic Productions. Uh, just curiously, yeah. with the uh, back to the topic on the uh, with the PS5 and the and the Xbox Series One, uh, what do you guys think of the controllers? They look really cool, don't they? Okay, so my opinion is the uh, Xbox controllers. Meh. It's literally just an Xbox One controller. <laughs> it's no different. Yeah, uh, the new Sony controller looks like it's out of uh, Cyberpunk twenty seven. I honestly like it. It's it's. I like that Sony finally is actually making new co- new controllers for each generation, unlike from uh, the original PS1 to PS3. So I, I think I'm kind of disappointed they got rid of the like always on like light. I, I know it drained batteries, but I mean, I kind of liked the fact that the, the PS4 had that light that always changed, like, especially in GTA where it like flashed red, <laughs> it flashed come um, blue and red when you like, had cops in you and stuff. Yeah, it was sort of charming. I think but, you're the um, only one who's ever said that they like it. <laughs> but, yeah, I've seen people do that with um, there's uh, software that can do that for keyboards and stuff on PC. <laughs> I had a feeling like you just want RGB in there in their, like game consoles and computers. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a neat feature. My yeah. big concern with changing the controller every generation is uh, backwards compatibility helps reduce e-waste. Yeah. If you carry your controller forward, then you don't need to buy new ones, which obviously is bad for the company because they're not selling you another free controllers on top of mm. your one that comes with the console. But they said, um, didn't they say the PS5 can use the old PS4 controller or something? I think they might have. And there's also... Um, Something I'm disappointed that it didn't make it into the PS5. There's you use no your paddle. PS4 controller on the PS5. Okay. But you can only use PS4 pad to play PS4 games on your PS5, obviously. Ah. So you can't use it to play the PS5 games, which makes it kind of... No, 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 no. You use it to play PS5 games. Oh, you can but you can't only use the 5 the controller to play... The thing only works yeah. for PS4 games, of course. Oh, right. Yeah. Actually, that was another neat feature of the PS4. In Death Stranding, apparently the um, the PS4 controller has a speaker in it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And because you're holding it up against your chest or in your lap, it cries when the baby in the game cries. So oh, that it sounds like it's coming from your chest area where you're carrying the baby. That's cool. Yeah. I like um, little interactive features like that. So I'm pretty excited about the haptics in the PS5. Yeah, that's... It's, that, now that you mentioned with, the, with haptics... There was a, um, a big selling point with the PS5 controller is the haptic um, sense and how it's yeah. re- much more um, fluid. Yeah, and you have a little uh, feedback when you pull pull the trigger. Yeah. But um, one thing, it doesn't have paddles, as far as I know. Yeah. Um, well, which one? The PS5. Controller, does it have paddles? Yeah, as far as I, I've found out so far. Uh, I believe it does, but also that's a weird one. Yeah, it doesn't have any paddles at all, um, which is kind of standard these days. And it's weird because the DualShock 4 for the PS4 has a paddle attachment that you can buy from this year. So what's a paddle? Sorry. Uh, So on the back of the controller where you're, when you're holding the controller, you actuate the buttons on the face of your thumbs, the triggers with your pointer fingers, and the rest Mm -hmm. of your fingers are doing bugger all except holding it in place. Uh, Paddles put 
triggers under those fingers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so yeah, yeah I, don't I think Xbox uh, has that. yeah. Yeah, the Steam controller was the first to do it. Mm-hmm. Then there was the Xbox Pro. Then yeah. I think the uh, Series X has uh, has it on every model. Mm-hmm. I think. Wait, P- oh, I'm looking at the PS5. And wait, the pa- you mean the trick? The triggers. There, there are triggers there. No paddles. Where your your three fingers go when you've got your pointers on the triggers, your thumbs on the face, then your other fingers grip the back. Yeah. Um, some controllers have paddles there where you can trigger stuff with your other fingers, and it usually gets put on like grenades. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, yeah. The at uh, the um, back. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember oh, that. I, I found I found a good image. This is what they should do for the, what they need to fix the controller on. This is what this is what they've done wrong. Yeah, I posted in uh, general. This is what they need to do to fix that up. <laughs> oh no, that is way too many buttons. Problem solved. <laughs> Oh, so I'm a bit disturbed here. Like each um, each thumbstick has a number on it, except the numbers repeat. <laughs> so I love the Comic Sans big text saying "Funny PS4 controller." Yeah, mate. I know. I'm looking at it. <laughs> Honestly, I want to see a console that looks like that. Ooh, it looks a bit like um, the monitors from Halo. <laughs> I like it, does, doesn't it? No, we're looking. We're currently looking at um, there's that million, like four million view YouTube video with all the uh, future gen console Wii two PS four Xbox seven twenty. I love how even two thousand eight people knew the next generation console be called PS four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the naming scheme. So yeah. So the paddles on the back usually just um, at least on the older consoles because you can't remap. They just uh, trigger a face button, but it means you don't have to take your fingers off the sticks to do certain actions. Mm. And um, it's standard for the Steam controller did it first, I think, then the Xbox did it. PS4 still hasn't got on the bandwagon. So, you know, what are they doing? It's pretty standard. People love it. But Sony says no. (laughs) (laughs) What about the storage space? Have you guys heard the uh, issues there? What issues? Well, there's the bit where the... um, Xbox Series S has basically no space on it. Really? Yeah, it comes with oh. a, I think, 500 gigabyte, um, 500 gigabyte drive in it. Uh, you can only use like 360 of that. Well, that's uh, that's not very helpful then, hey? Wait, 500 oh. gigs? Yeah. What the? <laughs> Wait, what? What are they gonna add in? Like new guns oh. or something? Or no, this is the drive that comes in the console. <laughs> But there are tons of games that are so big you'd only be able to fit one or two games on there. Hello, we've returned. Recording. Thank you, recording software. <laughs> so, yes, the drive that come. Now we're back. The drive that comes with the uh, Xbox Series S is only 500 gig. The um, drive that comes with the Series X is one terabyte. But uh, Call of Duty Black Ops World... No, Cold War, aka Cod Blops Plot, <laughs> <laughs> is um 130 gigs on its own. Oh, yeah. And the thing is, though, games are smaller on the Xbox Series than they are on the uh, Xbox One. They can theoretically be better optimized because of the um the SSD. So what they would do with the um, hard drive-based consoles is bundle the same asset multiple times. 
So if you're loading a level set in the desert, it will load in all of the assets for that level and bundle it all together on the disk. Then if there's another level set in the desert, instead of going back and getting it from the first place, it loads it from, it includes a second copy. But why? Obviously money. That's the main thing. Making the game load faster because you're (laughs) reducing your seek time. Yeah, true, true. No, sorry, I completely accidentally zoned out then. I was like, what? Oh, yes, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah, ah, yes. Okay, I see. Yeah, no, no. The whole reason why they're, they're giving you less space on your uh, your low-end Xbox because got to get the Xbox Game Pass. But no, hang on, yeah. <laughs> well, you still got to install it. I was, I, okay. I was always under the, the impression that it was like a, their live service thing where it's like you, you stream it. I don't think they've got that yet. Oh, damn. I can see. I should download it. Yeah. Well. Yeah, it's going it's to suck. Yeah, and the games are also smaller on the uh, Series S because they don't include the 4K assets. Ah, uh, true. So the S, um, looking at some examples here that I've included, uh, they're ranging from 23% smaller for Dirt 5 to 64% for Sea of Thieves. Wow. Yeah, that is some great compression that they've managed to pull off there. Say but, goodbye um, to Winra. <laughs> yeah, even looking at those free games, we're looking at 112 gigabytes for those free games. Oh. Then you have room for maybe uh, one massive game like COD, and yeah, basically out of space, you can fit maybe another game on there. And this is unacceptable to me. It might be acceptable to other people, but it's not to me because I'm a hardcore gamer and I special imported a hard drive from America so I could install all of my games at once. (laughs) No, um, at one point, the the price of hard drives was so much cheaper in America that I could pay for an American hard drive to be shipped here and have it come out cheaper than buying it here. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You're not, they're not doing themselves any favours, are they? No, and then the uh, expansion cards cost a boatload. How much of a boatload are we saying? Um, I'm not sure, but it is also the Xbox S has no um, disk drive, so you install the entire game, which oh, it's digital. brings you in even more. Oh, it's digital. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, so the one terabyte expansion card... 360 bucks from EB Games. Oh, that's one kick in the teeth. Yeah, that's pretty expensive for one terabyte. It is SSD, but you can get a much cheaper SSD uh, just bare. So they've put in, obviously, they've put in this proprietary system to make sure that you can't um, just buy one off the shelf. That's going to be interesting. I wonder if I'm there. I wonder what's going to happen when the third party cards finally come out. If they if, if it, if there is going to be, wow, my words, holy crap. <laughs> yeah, I wonder because they were, they're bragging about their hard drive, um, well, SSD uh, boost tech for the Series X. Mm-hmm. They reckon they have some trick that's going to make um, loading data from the SSD incredibly fast using, uh, I don't remember if it was like GPU acceleration or something. What really, uh, it, what really scares me is the fact that you with with these disc sizes, it, it will just it, it, it might entice the uh, budget bu- budget gamer to go. All right, I might try the S the S model since I'm I can save all this and then be disappointed in a year when like game sizes keep growing. So in a couple of years, uh, the games are going to be even bigger, and then you're going to have even more funds fitting it on. 
Yeah. Actually, so, um, yeah, the Xbox uses Velocity Architecture using a uh, custom NVMe SSD, hardware accelerated decompression, the direct storage API, and something called sampler feedback streaming. And they are promising to possibly bring it, um, like they're planning on bringing it to PC. But um, the, the raw specs, we'll have to wait for some benchmarks. But the raw specs say that the SSD can read at 50% of the rate of the PS5's SSD. So we'll see what the, the benchmarks are. Does direct storage really pull it out? Whereas the, the PS5 uses a one terabyte drive with 800 gigs available. Uh, yeah, that makes sense then, hey. But, yeah. but the PS5, they're, they're compensating all that for because yes, because of the look at the. I mean, you look at the size of that thing. They're putting like a lot of fans and stuff. So one terabyte would be, would be like the only thing they could fit in. Uh, no, one terabyte NVMe is tiny. Like I'm talking a um a thing about the size of about the width of a ruler. And maybe about as oh, a bit longer than your middle finger. Ooh. Okay, so I've got one last final thing to do with this whole topic. Yeah. Uh, let's have a quick look on eBay and Facebook Marketplace for what the scalpers are doing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Let's start with eBay. Uh, let's see. I'll top best match product right now. Not Thirteen minutes left. Buy a brand new Sony PS5 for one thousand four hundred dollars. One thousand dollars. One hundred dollars. Three thousand. 900 1200 what's the market and like the store price there is like i keep i'm scrolling i've gone to like 50 products they're all still thousand there's like hundred it doesn't stop <laughs> <laughs> okay let's try ev games let's see what they're selling at that'll probably be like the average yeah so um all right ev games selling a ps5 uh, i'll load it where, where is it hello yeah, ps5 you made a terrible fate haven't you what? Oh, okay. So apparently the page is down for the PS5. Uh, <laughs> uh, What's the, the base price? It's like 500 bucks US? I think that's roughly right. It is. I just want to see what Australia is, is at. Yeah. Uh, maybe JB Hi-Fi will have it up. So the other thing, though, the PS5 doesn't have expandable storage. Ooh. Oh, yeah. really? Okay, the, um, so the Xbox has the expensive proprietary bullshit. PS5 doesn't have anything. <laughs> Oh, I mean that's I mean that's I mean that's how it is currently with the PS the those consoles anyway. Yeah. Okay. Well, the reason is it's all sold out. <laughs> okay. It was sold out. <laughs> um, you can buy a controller for one hundred and nine dollars. Holy crap! You can buy a a new iToy camera. They're calling it the PlayStation Five HD camera. Oh my god! <laughs> no, that, if you want to get a second control for a PS5, it's a hundred and nine dollars. Yeah. What, what about the, the uh, Xbox? That's a little Xbox. Yes. Yeah. So basically, uh, tough out luck. I want to get a PS5 now. They're uh, being they've scalped away. Let's try an Xbox. Oh, some dude yeah. selling original Xbox, saying Xbox New Seven Forty for two thousand dollars. Here we go. You can get the uh, the. Series S for 500 Australian on EB Games. Okay, not bad. Um, Xbox, yes, Scalpers as well, once again. They haven't hasn't sold out. There's still quite a few around. Um, basically, like to see, at least as, as our current recording, but eBay's is full of Scalpers once more. $700, $900, $1,000. Give us your money. 
The um, Xbox Wireless controller? Yeah. Uh, whoa, whoa, hang on. Bucks. What? Xbox Custom Xbox One S Series S LED controller RGB remap Xbox Series X compatible? What Dude, are you even looks- saying? Dude, that looks so cool. Oh <laughs> my god. Put it in the show notes. Oh, holy crap, that's a URL. <laughs> that is a hell of a URL. It makes your face oh, light up and stuff. That is, that's actually pretty cool. How, how does it work, though? I'm kind of curious. Uh, $150, what? Yeah. It looks I like guess. they have a replacement for the collar that goes around the, um, the thumbstick. Yeah. But look at the images. They've got, like, LEDs inside. So maybe it's a whole yeah. new Facebook, a whole new circuit board or something. Um, Regardless, that's pretty nice. I doubt it would be, like, it's expensive, but I doubt it would be a circuit board. Okay. What I, I think is it's probably a... That would be interesting. If I had enough money, it's something I would consider. Yeah. I like also there's a link in the um, other items for one that's got, like, underglow. Yeah, I saw that. No, uh, no faceplate lights, but underglow. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get the RGB going, boys. Uh, yeah, that's what I was wishing the consoles had, was that, like, why don't you make the faceplates light up? That could be really cool, like the buttons and stuff. Yeah, why are PCs all RGB? And then the Series X looks like a Mac. Yeah, that's what I thought. It's like, wouldn't it be cool if you could customize the LEDs on your controller? Wouldn't it be cool if you can make it so the controller, you know, you could customize it so you know who's player one or two by based off your color sets? Like, you know, just like on a PC. You can't, it's not like I can't do it. Yeah, but no, um, Xbox seems like the better choice right now if you want to get it today. Um, yes, because it is actually in stock. It reminds <laughs> yeah. me of the um, AMD and NVIDIA cards. It doesn't matter how much better the NVIDIA card technically is, you can actually buy the AMD card. <laughs> and uh, because AMD has better yield and the performance is basically equal for lower price. So you'd still want to go for the AMD anyway. But I think it comes out to name recognition. That's what ultimately that that's what it comes down to. I mean, like everyone loves Nvidia because Nvidia it powers everything. <laughs> yeah, Nvidia even though they the conned people with the card that has four gig of RAM but only has three and a half usable. Yeah, I'm just glad uh, AMD's shaking up the uh, silicon market. Apple's trying to, but they're not really doing anything in the sort of consumer space. Apple will try. Apple will fail. I yeah. said it. Apple Silicon isn't, like, it's kind of all right for their first attempt at a laptop chip because they just launched the M1 yesterday. It's kind of all right, but it's not that fast. Um, And you can't have it in a Windows PC. You have to use it with a a MacBook. And then the MacBooks are seriously RAM limited. Like, they they top out at 16 gig. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But yeah, we've been ranting about um, <laughs> the silicon for too long. <laughs> All right, DJ, guys. Why um, don't you tell us about something um, of a much smaller significance? Uh, yes, we're going where no man has gone before into the world of microscopes. Woo! I mean, you're about 150 years too late there, but you know. <laughs> keep so a team of uh, physicists at the University of the Netherlands have 3D printed a microscopic version of the USS Voyager, the Intrepid class from the, from Star Trek. And this Voyager, which measures at 15 micrometers, 
Long is a part of the project researchers at Leiden University conduct to understand how shape affects the motion and interaction of micro swimmers. Now, I'm sorry, I'm just going to button here. I know we're trying to move on, but there's one last thing on that past topic. I know. <laughs> All right. So I was just closing my tabs. I noticed that the news reporting on the, the selling our consoles. That's the most hilarious thing ever. So it's like Daily Mail. Gamers rush into JB Hi-Fi to buy a latest PS5. News.com. It never worked. Gamers furious at PS5 at JB Hi-Fi. Just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, man, that's a funny thing about news and news news articles. <laughs> they yeah. never learn. Although I will be inter- interested to see how this shakes out in a few weeks, like what <laughs> the actual uh, yield is, because there's already rumors of um, hardware failure. Oh yeah, it's it's it's. If you go on this subreddit currently for r slash PS5, it's just constant posts like, "Oh, it bricked itself up. Oh, yeah, like a fan exploded." So, yeah. Anyways, so, I apologize. Yeah, we'll see how things work out in a couple of um couple of weeks. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So this tiny Voyager, <laughs> they want to learn about microsmers, which are a um, particles that move through liquid on their own via chemical reaction, and they want to then apply that to biological microsmers and create drug delivery vehicles. <laughs> which is wonderful sci-fi tech. So it's absolutely appropriate to have the Voyager here. But Did using you... a 3D printer, <laughs> they're hard enough to calibrate at like micron site. No, sorry. Micron site? No. Well, yeah, micrometers, um, yeah, micrometers, yeah. Yeah, but um, the 3D printers that consumers have are much bigger. Yeah, oh, yeah, they're, they're huge. <laughs> Yeah, but this is an absolutely tiny 3D print. Yeah, so they're saying by using a 3D printer, the scientists have discovered they can print any shape or, or any shape of micro swimmers, including boats and starships. That Wait, help them. Is there a 3D printed micron-sized boaty? <laughs> Where's the boaty? Where's the boaty? <laughs> Can you imagine? Uh, uh, okay, okay. If if any of the scientists that were working in this project are listening to us right now, I want to see them 3D print a TARDIS. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a great Doctor Who episode if the BBC was to get this idea. Um, well, there's already been multiple Doctor Who episodes about the TARDIS shrinking. Yeah, but going into the human body, though. I mean, Magic School Buses have done it. Why not Doctor Who? I'm pretty sure they have. So yeah, they um so one of the reports was saying that uh, one of the authors was saying that by studying synthetic micro swimmers, we would understand how understand biological micro swimmers, and this understanding could aid in developing new drug delivery vehicles. For example, microbots that swim autonomously and deliver drugs at the desired location in the human body. Cool, you read the bit I already read. Uh-huh. <laughs> but but yeah, this is the next step up to inner space. Now we just need to work out how to make the people tiny. <laughs> oh, that was a good movie. Oh, but you know what's going to be interesting with this, though? Can you imagine pharmaceuticals coming into this and going, okay, we're going to make nanotech- we're going to make nanotechnology possible by using 3D printers. This will blow nanotechnology field out of the water. It absolutely could. Depends if it's going to work, though. That's the main thing. Yeah. So it determines all. That's what's going to be tested before anything else happens. 
I want to know more about this printer as well. Although with this um with, with this in mind though, can you imagine the uh the the, the military implications on this on on this? <laughs> I think they're a long way off. <laughs> Come on, think about it. Like you, you can assassinate politicians with a start with with a, with a micro weapon. <laughs> you like, really can. Yeah, I know. With know like, um, oh, uh, what's his name? Murkov, something like that. The Russian um, defector was oh, murdered yeah, yeah, with yeah. A, an umbrella and a poison dose inside a tiny ball the size of a pinhead. Yeah, that's right. The ricin assassin. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. remember that one. Yeah, that was that was interesting. You can already kill people with tiny things. So, what have you played this week, DJ? Oh, I haven't got to my topic yet. Wait, where is your topic? <laughs> oh. <laughs> you don't get to. What did you play? Uh, okay, guys, on, moving on. Oh, yes, the games. Yeah, well, we're doing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. What's this about, anime? You oh, leave. so Crunchyroll leave. has been... <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Hey, what's the real weep here? <laughs> <laughs> this, this guy's got the waifu pillow. Sorry. <laughs> He's got the real weep. He would have the waifu pillow. <laughs> I don't. I promise you I don't. I do not have the figures, yes, but not the, not the pillow. <laughs> only a matter of, only a matter of time uh-huh. so okay so crunchyroll has been trying to defend themselves by showing that they're worthy to stay with warner media and at&t so they won't sell them off and they also state that the west should control anime so recently, uh, Joanne Wage was co- was doing this whole speech at uh, TIFFCON saying that anime is becoming a global phenomenon and it's built a- around an essentially um, Japanese product. And she continues by saying that uh, that anime has been focused on, um, co- on ex- expanding beyond core fans to viewers not fil- familiar with the anime medium. And one example is celebrities, including rapper Megan T. Stallion, who partnered with Crunchyroll to release an anime-inspired streetwear collection. And I'm done. <laughs> what? I mean, what? Really? Anime-inspired streetwear collection? I mean, have you heard of Crunchyroll streetwear? I'm honestly, honestly, honestly. Okay, I'm gonna say that might be cool. So, like, what are they partnering up with? Who? They partnered up with a rapper named Megan T. Megan T. Stallion. I mean, what's it? Okay, so where's the streetwear coming to this? Yeah, she's like I said, they're trying to, um, they're trying to, so they bring in celebrities to promote Crunchyroll in, um, into in, into territories like um, that that viewers are not familiar with anime, basically. Oh, I thought they'll. I thought they meant by streetwear is going to be like shirts and stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah, they're, they're going to introduce oh, okay. that too. But yeah, and, uh, the, what's it, she also continues on saying that the company Crunchyroll has uh, has more than three million subscribers and seventy million registered users. I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, okay. In some ways, it's kind of cool. I mean, it's always anime is getting to that level now where it's getting that big. But at the same time, also, oh, that's slightly cringe. Yeah, but here's okay, here's the thing. Though. If you think okay. about it, they'll 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 just look at the seventy million users and think again. Because what's more important to AT and T and Warner, which who are the bosses of of Warner, who are bosses of Crunchyroll, is basically the people who pay for them and not the ones that are paying for it. So it doesn't matter to AT and T that they have seventy million users. What matters is where they got the money from. I mean, true, true, yeah. But you also get ads from watching it for free as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, and so and like for like for AT and T Warner, this is like cutthroat. They'll chop anybody off. Like, uh-huh. the, like the seventy million registered users doesn't matter unless they're paid users, which is a different story. But but not everyone's a paid user. And for Crunchyroll, Crunchyroll, as long as they've been around, like which is like what fifteen years, sixteen years, like they've been and they've gained three million subscribers. That's low, man. Oh, I no, mean, indeed. I, I mean, PewDiePie has, PewDiePie has more subscribers than Crunchyroll has. But, um, yeah, so moving along. So Crunchyroll has been fortunate. She observed that in uh, belonging to the, to the Warner Media Group that there have been signs that Japan, Sony is trying to buy the company. Oh, that, that's, oh, oh, Lord, help us if that happens. Uh, they're saying that Warner has a great relationship with the animation, with the animation going back. Um, that there are many great characters understand where anime is coming from through with the Warner through the Warner connection. And Crunchyroll has become corporate allies with Cartoon Network and Adult Swim, Programming Block, and HBO Max, which is offering a curated collection of Crunchyroll content. Having anime together with HBO's big titles, this has been huge. Um, yeah, okay, sure. Okay, so the Cartoon Network one makes sense because they do the um, Tsunami, which is a big thing. They've been yeah. doing that for decades. Um, but then, I guess, yeah, the other one's kind of cool, but sort of like, yeah. Yeah, but here's the thing, though. Like, when HBO Max came out, they gained more subs than Crunchyroll has. And it's became it's become its main streaming service that put everything on it. Then why the hell would you need, like, extra streaming services like Crunchyroll and Rooster Teeth when you have one big one there? I guess because I was trying to expand out and maybe... Because it's yeah. like, you know, it's a thing where the more platforms you're on, the more visibility you get, right? And it's yeah. all about visibility. But just on HBO, then only HBO subscribers are going to see you. Yeah, I guess so. I, I guess. But like, as I said, though, like, it comes down to the bottom dollar. And Crunchy, and we all know, like, what's, we've been seeing, like, Crunchyroll and Rusty, they've been they haven't been performing well business-wise. I mean, it's only a matter of time before Crunchyroll gets, gets, bought, gets absorbed by Sony. And we we might see layoffs and Rooster Teeth have been bleeding up pe- bleeding up people for a while. Uh, but um, yeah, so what's one of the interesting things that she's been saying that uh, for Crunchyroll's partnerships with Japanese anime companies to succeed, uh, Wage has observed both sides have to think globally from an early stage with the aim of building lasting worldwide franchises and not just one one off hits. She goes to say the co production partners have to. Re- we have to be receptive to input, and these there are simple things that that are added or removed that can maximize the audience in a given territory. So I'm, I'm okay. So when I read that, I'm just going okay. So you're basically saying you just want to control everything. Yeah, it's just a little. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, but yeah, I mean, let's yeah. say that is the goal of any business is to control everything. Yeah. Oh yeah, but that's a pro- but us the fans, we don't want to see things change. I mean, Crunchyroll what just wants to do is we just want to come in there, we want to censor it, alter it, alter to fit their standards, and they just want to control anime. Hence, what, what why they state that co-produ- co-production partners have to be receptive to their input, meaning that their input is what matters, and Japan has to listen to it. Hold, hold the conspiracy theories, my friend. Um, <laughs> I think okay, I think in some ways yes. But other ways, like, obviously they're going to censor it. They will have to censor stuff. as a salad it's going to be. Because, um, I mean, I don't personally enjoy it, but at the same time, of course, they're, to make it more family-friendly, in air quotes, it's just something that's going to happen. It happens to everything, like movies and stuff. But then for those dedicated fans that still want to find 
find it. Like they'll always be able to find it's the internet's here, illegal streaming sites and stuff. A lot of advocate for it, but it'll always still be around. So it's that whole bouncing act. Because they, they can't go too forceful, otherwise everyone just jumping back to illegal streaming. Yeah, but the um, problem is, though, like, Japanese studios are kind of, like, are kind of afraid of this. Like, they're, they're seeing, like, Japan's coming, Japan's fighting back by asking their government to protect their freedom of expression from things being altered. Are they? Yeah. Yeah, and not, and not to mention, like, um, like with Crunchyroll, like, they, they don't really, like, they don't really pay the the Japanese animators. They just pay it to like other studios, just other American studios. Like, ah, oh, yeah, you, you you don't get that money. We'll get we'll uh, it. They do. They do pay the the animation studios. They just don't pay the individual animators because it all trickles down, right? Yeah. So I mean, this has been a whole contentious thing in the community for years and years. Like, does anime just come to let you pay? So they do. It's just so okay. So when you have a subscription, right? Mm-hmm. Your subscription is divided between all the shows you watch. So that subscription money is divided between Crunchyroll and then the other, so like I think it's split in half or something around like that, or quarter or something. And then that is then divided by all the shows you watch. So if you watch um, like 10 different shows a season, right, then your money from that month will be divided amongst all those studios. So it trickles down to quite a little amount. It does go to them eventually, but it's just that whole like feedback loop. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so Wage uh, goes on to con- goes on to say uh, we have five hundred and fifty marketing people along uh, across the globe, which uh, with an intimate knowledge of the local markets, Hollywood studios can't do what uh, can't do what we could do. And she concludes by saying, "This is not a fad. Anime is keep is going to keep on growing, and Japan will con- will co- will continue to be the center of it. It, it was already center of it." It's just without your tink without without um the anime com- without the American anime companies tinkering in it. Yeah, I, th- I do know where they're coming from though. It's it is growing and really growing regardless. And I don't think I mean I. Hmm. I mean, here's the thing though. Like when you look at Crunchyroll originals, they were yes. so bad. Like like remember that X Arm trailer <laughs> and how how bad that was. Uh, yeah, I mean it wasn't. It's just, I'm like, it's not very good, I'll admit. But at the same time, I mean, that's the same for any studio. I mean, every stream service is having its hand doing these terrible originals. I mean, Netflix did some great ones originally, but then, you know, they've had some absolute shockers when it comes to anime adaptations, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, like, I think anime itself, as much as people would love it to be still the early 2000s, where basically, you know, huge... Here you go, guys. Anime is on YouTube. It's broken to like 11 parts. Have fun. Um, it was always going to be industrialized somehow, I think. And yeah. Crunchyroll Funimation and all those doing, going the route they are, it's, it's, it's pretty obvious why. And I don't think it's going to change, at least for now, as the world moves to streaming. And anime is going to continue growing, of course. It's just one of those things where it's like, once there's money in a business, people are always going to scram towards it. But there is word going around that uh, J- uh, Japan might release its own anime streaming um, service and that it, its own streaming platform. And if this happens, it'd be good because Japanese people will have will, will, could jump on there and the fans will jump on there and, it, and the dub could and they could dub things that that the way they want because Japanese people could, there are Japanese people who can split, speak English and not worry about the whole oh we um, the big bosses that have creative control and you must fit within our standards kind of thing so yeah I mean there, uh, if I also recall there was also a Japan there's a there's a YouTube channel which which does all the Japanese anime as well 
but also at the same time, well, while there's been downsides to anime, anime and we would be shit becoming more, <laughs> you know, more, um, what do you call it? What's the word? More mainstream, I guess, putting air quotes. There is a benefits. One is obviously recognition for the good quality of products that are out there. But also I'll say having full episodes of anime just for free put up on YouTube of older series, like just there, whole thing. Because um, I know Funimation's put the whole series initial D basically is up on YouTube for free as well as Spice and Wolf and a few others. So it's like, there's always benefits and downsides. It's just it's such a messy, messy thing. I do recall there was a YouTube channel. I need to find that YouTube channel because they, it was, I think, like 15 or 16 anime companies have done it. I've said, like, they're going to band together and put all of the episodes, like, full full on. That sounds very interesting. So you better put that in the show, show notes. <laughs> but we well, should move along now. <laughs> Father's here to push us along. Run, run, run. Yep. Come along, children. <laughs> so we'll just stop for a short ad break and then we'll be back with the games we played this, this week. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So what did you play this week, DJ? Um, I have been playing Valorant. Back to the good old shooters. And what are you thinking of it? Uh, so far, it's been... um. It, it, uh, did some upgrades and uh, the weapons are still broken as heck, but I'm st- I'm having fun. The biggest problem I'm still encountering is that uh, I can't really jump up to higher ground. So what's been added since you last played? Um, they they just added more cosmetic stuff. Um, they've added more. Um, you can now spray paint on walls. And how long until people start put spray painting pictures of characters? <laughs> like they do in a Counter-Strike and Team Fortress. Oh, I think it'll be eventual. There, there hasn't been much changes on the weapons uh, per se. Um, the characters-wise, not much. Uh, I think they added a new character, but I, it's been a while since I last played Valorant, so I have to get back into it. But yeah, it, it's fun. It's a fun. Um, it's a fun game for a filthy casual like myself. <laughs> That's funny because they were trying to make it a hardcore esports game. <laughs> It's an, uh, there are a lot of pros that play that game, but yeah. But for filthy casuals like myself, we just like to play underrated and enjoy ourselves. What about you, Devi? All right. So for us, I've played a lot of games. So we might go through a list. I haven't played this week, but we'll say the last month's while I've been um, yeah, missing. Hey, that works. So, all right. So I've got a whole list ready. So I've played Ganjin Impacts, <laughs> um, uh, The Blair Witch 2019 horror game, um, Call of Duty 4. Um, what was it? What was it finished? Uh, like three other games I finished. Like just, just too many, man. Minecraft. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. Nothing wrong with Minecraft. Fun. Nothing wrong with a bit of Minecraft. No, nothing wrong with Minecraft, man. Got to dig those holes. <laughs> which one? Which one do you want me to talk more about? I don't know. I can't choose. Oh, Genshin Impact. Genshin Impact. Genshin Impact. <laughs> Genshin yeah, that's Impact. the uh, popular one at the moment. Yeah. Yes, it is. I got your games. Prepared to lose your money if you are. Uh, bad of that um but it's basically legend of zelda but obviously gancha um overall so it's really good i mean it's free 
And the climbing has been improved from Zelda slightly. It's a little less buggy. Um, so you still have the issue where you like jump onto trees and stuff and climb walls you don't want to climb. But it's not too much you really can do about it apart from taking mechanic entirely. But I mean, it's a Chinese Zelda game and it obviously has had some um, inspiration for Zelda Breath of the Wild very closely. Like animations and stuff look very similar. Um, but the actual gameplay and actual like it's open world. The gameplay is really fun, and I highly recommend just giving it a try. See what you think and feel of it. Um, but you gotta be careful, like it sucks in too much because it, it is a gacha game, and your money will suddenly just start disappearing from your bank account if you're too <laughs> like some of my friends. If you're, if you're you know, not being too careful. What's the biggest flaw you've encountered in that game in terms of like um, aesthetics and controls or the flaws? Is, is like there's three. Different, it's confusing because there's like four different currencies. Uh, that's probably the biggest flaw. I mean, obviously, there's a reason why. It's not exactly a flaw. It's done on purpose. But um, I say, okay, so the gameplay, I think the combat can get stale after a bit. There's only a certain amount of attacks you can do, and it does start to feel the same after a bit. Um, there's only a few certain, There's only a few different types of enemies. Thought that's in the overworld, at least. The overworld needs a few more types of enemies. There's only so many. There's only, like, I think, like, ten. It just needs a bit more variety, I feel. Like, there is bosses, and like, there's more one-off enemies, but in just your general, like, low level. Um, dungeons suck. They're terrible. <laughs> they're so bad. Like they're 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 not even really dungeons. They're just rooms, different room with different paint with some like puzzles and air quotes. Um, and the story is just eh. It's not exactly fun. It's kind of meh. But apart from that, like it, it it's a sort of thing that's free and it's fun to mess around in. But the other elements you usually think it makes a good video game isn't really the best. That makes sense. But the music and like the gameplay and stuff is pretty good. And I've been playing Fall Guys. <laughs> I'm still hooked. Do we need to give some help? No, I, I did take a break. Oh, oh, oh you, took, you took a break. Well, that's yeah, good. Yeah, I played Metro Exodus for a few weeks. Oh, God damn it. And I just haven't had time to get into it. What, you got something about Metro? No, 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 no. I love Metro. But it's like, I thought by break... You were going to be like, I have to stop playing video games, taking a break from Fall Guys for a little bit. You're like, no, I'm playing different things. else. No, how is Metro Exodus? Because I love Metro, but I've never gotten around to playing it because price tag. Yeah, uh, it, it was on a pretty good sale recently, actually. But yeah, it's um, I enjoy it. I really like it. It feels like it's um, reaching back to its roots in Stalker because uh, instead of having the fairly linear train tunnels, each um, level is a fairly open world affair. The maps aren't like huge, but um, yeah, you go to each area, uh, explore, do a few side quests if you want to, or you can just rest through and do the main quest. That's kind of nice. So you can like, it's not just constant tunnels anymore. Yeah. So plot wise, you're on a train leaving Moscow and each um each stop you like you stop to pick up supplies or to negotiate with someone who controls a bridge. I see. So that's that's definitely expand from the the original games. I mean I pl- I played through uh twenty thirty three and I absolutely loved it. Um, I wanna get into Last Light because I played through it before but I haven't gotten around to it. But then like how graphic graphically how's the game? It's very pretty. <laughs> it's pretty. Yes, it's um the characters are the big improvement, I think. Mm-hmm. So you know, and uh, did you play the original twenty thirty three or the Redux? I did a Redux, but I have played the original a little bit, and I can I, okay. I know where you're coming from. Yeah, so the characters in the original aren't great, and they reuse a couple of models for main characters. Oof. So in the original twenty thirty three, Khan and Miller are the same person. <laughs> 
I mean, not understandable because the rush to Nolan, but also, yeah. Yeah, and that was obviously greatly improved uh, in Last Light, but the um, it's been improved even more in Exodus, I think. Mm-hmm. So have you completed the game? Have you managed to finish it all? Uh, no, not yet. Okay, fair enough. I was going to ask you, is the ending all right? But yes, yeah. you'll have to find out on that one. Yeah, I actually, I think a good comparison, if you go to the uh, page for Miller on the Metro Wiki and over his profile picture uh, portrait, you can pick different uh, the different games. So I think a good comparison of how the characters look is there. Okay, yeah, you know, yeah I can see it now. I'm looking at the Wiki. Mm, yeah, good on them. That's a high improvement. <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay, I'll admit, just right now I'm going to do a slight rant. Um, sound the alarm, wing bells. I don't know, perhaps a finger answer. So in the 2033 Redux, right, there is this bug towards the end of the game, which I lost, almost understood the game, and lost everything. So there's a bug where when you, you don't have to, have you played the original game? Uh, I've only played the originals. So I haven't played the Redux. Okay, doesn't matter. It's still the same thing. Yeah. So you know in the final mission where you got to climb the tower? Oh, yes. You know that cage you've got to go through on the way there? Probably a bit hazy because that place so long ago. But basically, uh, it's a yeah. the cage is a sporty checkpoint. Um, well, when all the beasts are attacking. So you've got to go through this cage. Oh. Now, there is a bug, a specific bug. If you die when you're inside a cage and you respawn, it will spawn one of the high end grunts, like the big, you know, rat mutants, right oh, in front no. of you and kill you instantly. Oh, so no. You get, so you get stuck in a loop of instant death, nonstop. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> I was sort of game. I was like, well, I guess it's fucked. I can't get any new. Try it again. Turns out, as long as you close the game and then uh, restart it from the from the chapter itself, you're fine. It's just that little theory. It's like, oh, that's a slight bug. That's a bit of a bug, guys. Bit game breaking there. Yeah. Um. The uh, Exodus is really good, but it is the buggier of the three games, I think. And that's saying something because the original is a bit buggy. But um, unfortunately, you uh, there's a, a bug that I've had where it crashes the game. I get screwed and have to um, have to go and hack the save files to fix the difficulty setting because for some reason the so the way it's set up the difficulty is in one file and your character status and like location in the map and items is in another file and the difficulty file gets corrupted somehow. So I have to make a new save file and copy across my character data. Yeah, ouch, that hurts. <laughs> yeah. Wait, so how, how would you rate the game overall? Uh, um, at at least this, this lit Metro itself before you go back to the four guys. Yeah, I think um, I was giving Metro a 4.3 out of 5 because yep, okay. it is absolutely incredible and worth, um, I think it's worth playing. But it is horribly buggy. Oh, oh no. How buggy? Like, what's gone wrong? Oh, um, so a lot of them are fairly minor, apart from the crashes that wipe the save data and break it. Um, I think the uh, big issues that I've had, of, well, crashes, um, uh, you know, there aren't actually that many major bugs. They're just little minor niggly things. Like, um, if you check your map while driving the car in uh, one of the levels and probably in the other levels that you have access to the car, in, the your viewpoint pops up and gets stuck in the roof of the car. Yeah, that's just a bit... Yeah, that's not too... That's not very nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, there's probably some that I've had that I've forgotten, but I don't think there's any game-breaking bugs. 
Unless you count the um the spiders. Excuse me, sorry. Did you say spiders? Yeah. Spiders. There's what mutant spiders? spider scorpions in the games. Enjoy. <laughs> well, flip state. Look, I was already scared enough from the giant half-life plant things inside the library. You did have to mention the spiders. Why? Oh man, trust me, that's uh, the spiders are horribly intense. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, Anyways, yeah, so what do you rate four guys? Uh four guys four out of five. Four out of five. Most of the issues in it have been fixed. The new maps are pretty fun. Um yeah, I think I'll still be going to um I think I'll still get back into it a bit more this season. Fair enough. Why don't you go on to a little game called Among Us? I believe it's um <laughs> better. <laughs> oh yeah, I've I've tried that. I've it's been all right. addicted to that game. <laughs> so it's alright. Meh back to four guys. I mean it's, Among Us is not much fun unless you're with friends. Yeah. It's not like you can play like you can't play with just random people, but it never works out. It's just a mess. Okay, this yeah. is gonna this is gonna be a hot take with Among Us. Okay. Among Us is the monop is this generation's monopoly. What? Okay then. Okay, sure. Because man, I have uh, I've been playing Among Us with a couple of people, and man, the fights they oh, get. Oh, okay. We're, we're making connections now. We're working out where you're coming from, DJ. Thank you. I see. So you're saying Among Us is this generation monopoly because it's going to destroy friendships. Yep. It okay. has issues too, though. I've had times where I've been killed twice in a round. That is true. It is also buggy at times. But yeah. Listen, yeah. I'm killed. I'm floating around as a ghost, going and doing stuff, and my friends are like, "What? What's going on? What?" <laughs> Yeah, and then I get killed again, and the game ends. <laughs> I got the fastest um, win, 15 seconds, as an imposter. Oh, wow. Nice. <laughs> we were like, holy, after 15 seconds, we won? <laughs> wow, okay, I did not see that coming. Hell yeah. So, shall we move on to the birthdays and shout-outs? We should. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we are way over time. I was about to say, I think this is going quite long. Hey, 25, come on, this is a bit of a, t- this is a, bit of a momentous occasion. Right, guys, we're going for the six-hour podcast. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be on Twitch oh. sometime. <laughs> um, one thing about Metro, though, what difficulty do you play on? I usually, I, okay, I usually do story because that's what I play those games for. I'm not really there for like the hardcore game and stuff. I was, okay. like, enjoying the story. And yeah, uh, I'm completely the opposite. Um, You're hardcore. Yeah, I play on the hardest difficulty setting. Oh, the most annoying part is that it disables all of the UI. So <laughs> if you, the thing is, if you haven't played the game before. Um, Sometimes the UI isn't exactly clear when you can't see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, the most difficult part is changing your uh, throwables. At least it has sound cues so you know which one you've changed to. Yeah, indeed, yeah. Well, that's, that's helpful, but also, yeah, that's going to make things slightly difficult for you. Hey? Yeah. Uh, I've sort of memorized most of it now and not uh, not an issue I'm really having anymore. Hell yeah. But yeah, um, so on to the shout-outs. Oh, on, the 7th, yep, on the 7th of November, Midnight Oil's Bones Hillman, the bassist with the beautiful voice, passed away at 62. Bones played for Midnight Oil from 1987 right up until their reunion and tour in 2017. They described, The band described them as uh, the bassist with the beautiful voice, the band member with the wicked sense of humour, and our brilliant musical comrade. He was also uh, known for the hit Counting the Beat. Hillman replaced Peter Gifford and Minot Oil shortly before they released their sixth album, Diesel and Dust, featuring Beds of Burning and Dreamworld. 
He died from cancer in Milwaukee. And on the 8th of November 2020, the Jeopardy host Alex Trebek passed away at 80. Alex, who hosted the show since 1984, uh, was a master of the format, engaging in friendly banter with con- contestants, appearing genuinely pleased when they answered correctly, and moving the game along in a brisk, no- nonsense fashion when people struggled for answers. He never pretended to know the answer if he didn't, deferring to the show's experts. He won five Emmys and got stars on the Hollywood and Canadian Walks of Fame for his work on Jeopardy. Um, he said, uh, What's not to love? You have the security of a familiar environment, a familiar format. But you have the excitement of new clues and new contestants on every program. You can't beat that. He died from pancreatic cancer in California. And his, um, I was reading an excerpt from his uh, memoir, which was quite touching, about how he liked to go and just sit on the, sit on the porch and watch the animals. Uh, Alex Trebek, another wholesome, another wholesome figure gone. On the uh, 9th of November 2020, a carrier pigeon message from 100 years ago was found. A couple on a walk in eastern France discovered a capsule carrying a message dispatched by a Prussian soldier over a century ago. The message was from a soldier based at Ingersheim, uh, was written in German in a barely legible hand, and detailed military maneuvers during the First World War and was addressed to a superior officer. The date is marked 16th of July, but the year appears to be either 1916 or 1910, which I'm going to imagine it's 1916 because World War Two, sorry, World War One, didn't start until 1914. The uh, message is going on display at the Linge Museum at Orby in eastern France. On the 9th of November 2020, the 20th anniversary of Counter-Strike 1.0. All those years ago, the original version of Counter-Strike finally released. Well, as a 1.0 after being developed in 1999. So was Counter-Strike originally a mod or was it made by Valve to begin with? It I was th- a mod. It okay. was originally a Half-Life original mod and then it was um, ported into its own... The model's taken and made into its own Half-Life Gold Source game. Yep. And then T-Force just... Then, then Counter-Strike was then iterated on with its own um, source yeah. builds Source and go. Itself. Source and go. Oh, yes, yeah, exactly. Which, um, yes, in typical Counter-Strike fashion, nothing but complaints. <laughs> also, a lot of horrible people who like to say horrible things about your parents. <laughs> hey, it's the birthplace of trash talking in games. On the 10th of November, it was the fifth anniversary of the Steam Machine. <clears throat> the Steam Machine was a pre-built gaming computer designed by Valve to operate their Steam OS based on Linux. They licensed the design out to several uh, computer vendors who would produce their own additional options, including dual boot with Windows and upgradability. Steam paired it with the uh, Steam Controller. What do you guys think of that? Have you tried it, Devi? Which one was it? Sorry? The Steam Controller. I've given it a shot a few times, but <sighs> I've never... I kind of like it, but also hate it at the same time. Okay. It's yeah. it's okay. It does work, but the point being is that I, I just use the keyboard. Why would I want to use yeah. the controller? That's my that's my point of view. I mostly use a controller in uh, driving games. Oh, um, well, yeah. Mouse and keyboard. But like, if I'm playing GTA or something, I'll mouse and keyboard on foot and then switch the controller for a car. Unfortunately, Steam Machines didn't take off and the project was cancelled. 
The Steam controller survived for a few years longer and was finally discontinued in late 2019. And then for remembrances, on the 9th of November 1950, Hans Freeman, a German-born Australian bioorganic chemist, protein crystallographer and professor of inorganic chemistry, who spent his academic career at the University of Sydney. His best-known work was explains the unusual structure, electrochemical and spectroscopic properties of blue copper proteins particularly plastocyanin. He also introduced protein crystallography to Australia and was a strong advocate to ensure Australian scientists had access to big science facilities. Freeman was a fellow of the Australian Academy of Science and a member of the Order of Australia. Freeman also enjoyed teaching. He died at 79 in Sydney. On the 9th of November 1952, Chaim Wiseman, a Russian-born biochemist, Zionist leader, and an Israeli statesman who served as president of the Zionist organization and first president of Israel. He convinced the United States to recognize the newly formed state of Israel, but he is also known as a father of industrial fermentation. He developed the acetone-butanol-ethanol fermentation process, which produces acetone and butanol and ethanol through bacterial fermentation. This was of great importance in manufacturing cordite explosives during uh, World War I. The process produced 30,000 tons of acetone during the war, but a national collection of horse chestnuts was required when supplies of maize were inadequate for the quantity of starch needed for fermentation. He died at 77 in Rehovot. On the 9th of November 2004, Stig Larsson. Carl Stig Erland Larsson was a Swedish journalist and writer. He's best known for the Millennium Trilogy of Crime Novels, which were published posthumously. The trilogy was adapted as three movies in Sweden and one covering the first book in the US. The publisher commissioned David Lagenkrantz to expand the trilogy into a longer series. Although his books were best-selling fiction, and he was the second best-selling author in the fiction author in the world in 2008, behind uh, Afghan-American Khaled Hosseini, he never knew of his success as he passed away before he had a chance to publish his work. His diet was reported as consisting largely of cigarettes, processed food, and copious amounts of coffee. He died of fi- at 50 of a heart attack after climbing the stairs to work in Stockholm. On to the famous birthdays. On the 9th of November 1880, we have Sir Giles Gilbert Scott, the English architect known for his work on uh, the new Bodleian Library, Cambridge University Library, Lady Margaret Hall, Oxford, Battersea Power Station, Liverpool Cathedral, and designing the iconic red telephone box. He was one of three architects invited to submit designs for telephone kiosk. His design was chosen and put into production in cast iron as kiosk number two or K2. Later models added uh, posting boxes and two stamp vending machines. They continued using the same general look for mass production, including the K6 model, which was a fixture in every town and village. On the 140th anniversary of his birth, he was honored with a Google Doodle depicting his telephone boxes. He was born in Hampstead, Middlesex. I was thinking about the um, the, the red um, telephone boxes. Can you imagine in, they do a Doctor Who um, joke where it doc- the Doctor, instead of going to the blue box, he goes to the red box? You're like, oh, crap, uh, this isn't my TARDIS. Yeah, I think that's, um, I don't know. I feel like that's uh, something that's happened in the show, but I don't remember exactly when. Although the TARDIS is a different model to the uh, to the Scott model. Although it would be really awkward for the Doctor to walk in on Superman changing. <laughs> da, da, da. Ooh. Okay, I'm going to go. <laughs> 
On the 9th of November 1873, Otfried Förster, the German neurologist and neurosurgeon, was born. His dissertation uh, described the connection with the systematic so his dissertation was used in connection with introduction of rehabilitation medicine into neurology, the involvement of spinal reflexes in the genesis of musculospasticity, suggested its treatment by surgical interruption of the sensory branch of the nerves, and in 1908 he developed an operation to cut the nerve to alleviate spasticity. One of his methods was to use local injection, uh, local anesthesia injections to keep the patients awake. While they worked, he would poke their brain with an electronic needle and record their movements. He was born in Roquelaw. Scary, getting like an electronic needle inserted in you while you're awake. Yeah, well, I've heard stories where they, like, they're working on a part of your brain and they tell you to keep talking and they know if they cut too deep, you'll stop talking. So then they know they've screwed up. <laughs> I think there was a musician who kept playing the violin while they worked. See, that's scary. Yeah. And on the for the last birthday, on the 9th of November, 1934, we have Carl Sagan, an American astronomer, planetary scientist, cosmologist, astrophysicist, astrobiologist, author, poet, and science communicator. His best-known work is research on extraterrestrial life, including the demonstration of the production of amino acids by radiation. He assembled the uh, Pioneer Plank and the Voyager Golden Record, the first two physical messages sent into space. He argued for the accepted hypothesis that the high surface temperature of Venus is attributed to a greenhouse effect, wrote the science fiction of a contact, the basis for the 1997 film, and promoted the search for extraterrestrial intelligence. He received a number of awards for his uh, his work, including a Pulitzer Prize for nonfiction. He was born in Brooklyn, New York. And on to the events of interest. On the 9th of November, 11967 DJ, are you sure? On the 9th of November, 1967, you're only off by like 10,000 years. <laughs> NASA launched the unmanned Apollo 4 spaceship on the first Saturn V rocket. The sound pressure from the uh, rocket was much stronger than expected and caused ceiling tiles to fall off the buildings surrounding the launch pad. Reporter Walter Cronkite admitted he was overwhelmed by the power of the rocket and the emotion of the moment. His description was delivered without his usual poise and reserve as he yelled above the noise into his microphone. This was the first Apollo flight after the stand-down after the Apollo 1 fire, which killed the first crew. It was the first to use the official Apollo numbering scheme, designated Apollo 4 because there had been three previous uncrewed Apollo Saturn flights using the Saturn 1B launch vehicle. The mission was a complete success, proving the Saturn V worked, an important step towards achieving the Apollo program's goal of landing astronauts on the moon and bringing them home before the end of the decade. On the 9th of November 1979, we have the uh, accidental alarm at NORAD. A technician loaded a test tape, failed to switch the system to test, leading to a bunch of false warnings to go to the continuity of government bunkers and the command post worldwide. <clears throat> it's um, not the first or last time that a false alarm occurred. The other most famous is probably Petrov's alarm, where the um, a Soviet uh, a Soviet operative working on the detection system detected a large number of American bombs, but decided it obviously wasn't a real attack because there wasn't that many bombs. There weren't enough bombs for it to be uh, to actually be a full attack. And for the wacky movie this week, we have Pulse, starring Kristen, Kirsten Bell and Christina Milan. The premise is that a computer hacker accidentally channels a mysterious wireless signal, allowing ghosts into the world. <laughs> the ghosts suck your will to live, causing you to commit suicide. And at the ending of the movie, everyone flees to areas that don't have an internet connection. <laughs> 
Although, interestingly, this movie was based off a Japanese movie. Yeah, I wonder... It says that um, Wes Craven disowned it because they changed it too much. Yeah. So I wonder what um, what the original Japanese movie was like. It also had two sequels, both, rele- both released direct-to-DVD in 2008, which <laughs> kind of says something about the quality there. So the, uh, the, the Japanese movie title is called Cairo, and it's it's... The plot is basically centered on ghosts invading the world, and it features two parallel storylines. So, yeah, that's the Japanese version. I bet you'd be more violent than the American one. Probably. And the That's Not Canon podcast that we're going to recommend to you tonight is, uh, this is, what's it called, DJ? This is How I Make Music? How I Make Music. How I Make Music. It's basically, uh, it's basically audio drama. Musicians get, get to tell their stories. So... Every Wednesday, soundtrack music composers from the world of audio fiction take you on a fresh audio journey into into their process. So you get to listen to a creatively edited audio collage of a selected original work as they explore the mind up up and coming and establish instrumental music composers. So that's all we have for tonight. Where can they find us, DJ? They can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, that's not canon.com, where we have an archive of our old episodes. Um, they can also find us on Pod Hero. Here's on Pod Hero for $5 a month. You can support us and other That's Not Canon podcasts. Your subscription is split between us based on how much you listen to each podcast. So that's all we have for tonight. Uh, look after yourself, stay hydrated, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. See you guys. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.